Sports. Time for the August 19th, 2022 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review. A personal recollection of the last 168 hours of history, broadcasting on International Orangutan Day from the University of California at Irvine in the backyard of KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. And as always, the reason for flea and tick season, <laughs> Mahler, the fake news dog. Yes. Indeed. Today we'll be talking about Tasmanian tigers, K-leather, Freya the walrus, forever chemicals, two overbearing imbeciles. Hmm. Wonder where that comes in. I don't know. Is that about us? I was thinking that Who it might be. <laughs> Mahler? Who's responsible Mahler? for this? Mahler. Who is doing this? Well, he does. Yeah. He slips those stories in now and then when we're not looking. You know, he gets them in the copy and that's... But first, yeah. got a little personal question for you here. Oh, okay. You know, I'm kind of curious about Uh-oh. your life and mm-hmm. yeah. family. And sure. Did your, your family ever engage in interspecies sex? <laughs> Gosh, I'm going to have to think about this, Nathan. Pass on that one? I, no, I'm not going to oh. pass. I, okay. There are people yeah. that I know and have known of. In your family? That may have been, they were capable of such capable. acts. You think? But I don't, I don't have any actual proof. So Yeah. Other, no, I was going to say. Except, I have a cousin I've suspected. <laughs> you know, I don't know. That might have been a byproduct and yeah. or a person who engaged in. Huh? Okay. But, you know, I say, <laughs> live and let live. Que sera, sera. Yeah. 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 From Scientific American. With the ability to sequence entire genomes quickly and accurately, we can examine most of the millions of pieces of DNA contained in every living thing. Yeah, that's amazing. And we are discovering that species mm-hmm. aren't so clear-cut. Mm-hmm. Hybrids or organisms that contain DNA for more than one species were supposedly to be the unlucky, unlucky reproductive dead ends of parents from different species that lack some Darwinian common sense. You know, you just don't. Uh, you, you know, don't have, just, have a dog you don't just, mating with a cat. Exactly. You don't That's just, for sure. Well, yeah. Well, that, <laughs> that goes without saying. Yeah, Molly's never tried it. Yeah. Just because you got one doesn't mean you can stick it wherever you want. What's that supposed to mean? What about the females? What if they approach you? Well, I'm just saying, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What if a female she said to me, just because I you? got one, yeah. does it mean you can, yeah. Yeah, you're talking about it like, okay. you know, well, I've got the uh, Well, somehow, some way, something that, tells me yeah. in the grand scheme of evolution that the males of the species are more generally prone to aggressive behavior in this That's realm. true. Yes, that's, that's true, but, yeah, but not necessarily. But not necessarily. There are exceptions. I've known some but, yeah. succubuses in my life. <laughs> oh, there we go. Instead, new genomic data give us, us evidence that species, even ones that aren't very closely related, have been swapping genes more than we think. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as a parade of droughts, floods, and heat waves replaces relative ecological stability, these hybrid species may be better equipped to handle climate change 
than their parent species. Wow. Yeah. When different species hybridize, beneficial genes that have evolved in one species can, through mating with the hybrid, migrate to the other species in a few generations. Yeah. So it's a quick process. Yeah. Sometimes when it's just two species of the same ilk, yeah. it takes for a long time for the evolution to happen. So what you're saying in this world changing world of environmental impacts on our lives, I might be looking for a gila monster out there. A gila? Aren't they Havana gila monster? The, the lizard realm seems to probably be more adaptable. For you? I would more, say that's more a good adaptable to the coming yeah. age of uh, yeah. Oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah. You're I'm saying, saying that if, if you were going to think this uh, thing out, yeah, I'm, you would want to mate with a lizard. If I'm gaming this out, who's more likely to survive? A cockroach. A co well, yeah. Well, that might be uh, a logistically problem. Yeah. a problem. Yeah. 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 When when different species hybridize, beneficial genes that evolve in one species can, through yeah. mating with the hybrid, like I said, yeah. migrate to the other species in a few generations. Yeah. Rather than being detrimental, liaisons between two species serve as a mechanism for rapid genetic upgrades. Wow. Rapid. So you can really kick up kick out the jams there. Think about that and the the kind of the implication for yeah. evolution. Exactly. Yeah. And your family, Mike, is well, a great example of this. <laughs> Scientists have long thought that your family and we're, and we're, Neanderthals. We're we're on the cutting edge of yeah. these kind of things, yeah. You and, and you know, the the uh, Caspers <laughs> yeah. and the Neanderthals got together. Uh -huh. They were go. on the planet at there the same go. time. Mm -hmm. Interbreeding mm -hmm. gave your family mm -hmm. important survival genes that Neanderthals had honed over millennia <laughs> of living in Eurasia. Okay. Two different species getting together. Yeah. Right there. Right. No, I, I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of an uncomfortable subject to talk about, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But and you kind of you have to stay within the boundaries. Yeah, we knew within the boundaries of good taste. Is that what we're saying? Well, the boundaries of of what our culture accepts is for a, you know yeah. a permissible language yes. and yeah, and uh, and thoughts. Yeah. yeah, the FCC is listening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't describe an affair with a sheep right now no. without getting into. Into some kind of trouble. Well, and there has been lore about that kind of activity yeah. for... No, not about as, me. No, no. But about <laughs> not anybody in general. Not necessarily yeah. about you. But yeah. yeah. But yeah. But about that sort of idea of interspecies sexual activity. Yeah. 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 Ew. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a little icky. I, let's I'm change the subject. Yeah. It's making let's, me it's icky. feel uncomfortable right yeah, now. Yeah. You went down to Australia, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever go to Tasmania? That's no, we didn't go that that's, far that's south, south and uh -huh. south and it's a little east. island yeah. south of yeah. Australia. Yeah, we didn't get down there. From the Daily Beast, mm -hmm. in the 1800s and early 1900s, European colonizers in Tasmania wrongly blamed thylacines, the dog-sized tiger-striped carnivorous marsupial, for killing their sheep, sheep and chickens. Uh, the settlers slaughtered thylacines by the thousands, exchanging the animals' skins for a government bounty. Wow. You know, they were paying people to kill these yeah. thylacines. The last known thylacine, or Tasmanian tiger, we can call them that if we want to, mm -hmm. although it's not a tiger. They were called a Tasmanian wolf. It's, I was going to say it's, it's more not a wolf. Canine, more like. It's a right? marsupial. It's a marsupial. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
but they look very much like a tiger because they have stripes, okay. but they have a face like a wolf. Wow. It's crazy. Anyway, the last one spent its days pacing a zoo in Hobart, Tasmania. Hmm. No relation to our DJ. No, t Hobart, Hobart Taylor, Taylor yeah. the great and wonderful Hobart Taylor. Anyway, uh, the last known one spent his days pacing a zoo cage in Hobart, Tasmania, and died of neglect in 1936. That's sad. Yeah. Just let it die. The last one. Now, Colossal Biosciences. Oh, here you go. That's a Texas-based de-extinction company that made headlines last September when it revealed that it planned to bring back the woolly mammoth. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like a good idea. How many times have you been sitting around saying, if we only had woolly mammoths here? Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, Nathan, but in the environment that we seem to be moving towards in the world, yeah. a woolly mammoth might not do very well under the circumstances. Right? Exactly. We're, we're moving to a warmer planet. Yeah. Why would you bring back an animal that only thrived in colder climes? Yeah, but this Colossal Biosciences, yeah. kind of a self-important name. No kidding, think? no kidding. Colossal Bio Biosciences uh, announced that its second project, that's after the woolly mammoth, will be resurrecting the thylacine, the Tasmanian tiger. It hasn't resurrected the mammoth yet, yeah. but now it's shifting gears and it wants to resurrect the Tasmanian, Tasmanian tiger. In theory, reintroducing proxy Tasmanian tigers could help restore balance to Tasmania's remaining forests by picking off sick or weak animals and controlling overabundant herbivores like wallabies and kangaroos. Yeah. I said herbivore. I can never shake that. Herbivore. Herbivore. Yeah. Anyway, it's... That's an it's, interesting it's, idea that we're going to try and engineer, or it's going to attempt to engineer our way out of... Some yeah, of the, to yeah, yeah, keep the population of wallabies and kangaroos down. Yeah. We're going to get this Tasmanian tiger up and running again. But early attempts at cloning the animal from museum specimens DNA failed, and the effort has not attracted significant funding until this year. The Tasmanian tiger is the perfect candidate for de-extinction, the company says, because it died out relatively recently, right. and good quality DNA is available, and its prey and parts of its natural habitat still exist. I think that puts it above the woolly mammoth. Yeah, woolly mammoth died off several thousands of years. I'm not yeah, even sure. Yeah, it was it a, like... a colder environment right, than what we're right, headed toward. Right. Interesting idea. And however, I think we're going to be... Oh, okay, go ahead. No, no, There's go a ahead. however. No, no, go ahead. However, some critics worry that the glamour of de-extinction, yeah, there's a lot of glamour in that, mm -hmm. will rob attention and funding from conservation projects. Right. One study in 2017 found that allocating sums to existing endangered species programs, rather than giving the same amount of money to de-extinction efforts, would see about two to eight times as many species saved. In other words, why should we go back and resurrect the ones that are already dead right. when there are plenty here that are facing extinction right, right. now? Just right. boost their population. Right, and if we're in the middle of wiping out their habitat through our insanity and fossil fuels and all the rest of it, why? what is the point of bringing back animals that are not likely to succeed in the current environment, going back to the you know, woolly mammoth? But, now we got to uh, get working on this hybridization but, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, right. But I do think there are going to be some... This is kind of a, a window into the world we're moving towards, which is 
we as we continue to degrade the environment, there will be some funding, some attempts to try and engineer our way through all of this. And uh, this sounds like one of them. I'm going to start a company. Forget Colossus. Yeah. You know, gigantic genetics. <laughs> what do you think? Colossal some... biosciences and gigantic genetics. genetics. Yeah. Well, I like the alliteration. Yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of Tasmania, mm-hmm. from The Guardian, authorities are urging an intruder who broke into a monkey enclosure in Tasmania to seek medical attention as they may have been exposed to a potentially fatal herpes B virus. <laughs> who hasn't been exposed? Yeah, all these to... monkeys, these oh, uh, okay. macaque monkeys down mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just carry this virus with them. doesn't yeah. bother them at all. Okay. But apparently, this intruder broke into the monkey house to steal coins from a surrounding moat. Oh. You, know, you had this monkey area. Yeah. And you know, people would toss coins sure. into the moat around sure. there for good luck, I guess. Yeah. So this guy thinks he'll pick up some spare change. Right. Goes down the moat and is possibly carrying a uh, fatal... Herpes B virus with him. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong, Nathan. Was it you, was it? Not me, because some of the most vicious and horrible ways that someone could die bring to mind the monkeys who eat your face. There are monkeys. What's that got to do with herpes? Well, I'm just saying, why would you risk going into an environment where where there are monkeys who, I don't know if they're capable of eating your face? But that's one of the... We've talked about this before. I don't remember which monkey it is. But apparently they go for your... They go for your face when they start attacking. Uh-huh. I don't know. I I think I'd take the herpes over. Well, that's apparently stuck with you. It did. Uh-huh. It really did. By the way, this is, also says something about me in terms of my frame of reference, my yeah. cultural and... You and bring science. up monkeys, Mike thinks... Uh, eating someone's eat face. Yeah. yeah. But the other one that gets to me in terms of piercing this impenetrable wall is that uh, Tasmanian devil from Bugs Bunny cartoons. I understand you can't say Tasmania around Mike without thinking of cartoons. You can't say monkey around Mike without facial. So you're you're a very disturbed person is what you're saying. Edible faces. That's Uh what I think of. That's that's a shame. Whose face would I want to eat if I were a monkey? (laughs) If this news makes you want to toss some change our way... May I recommend a herpes-free donation to KUCI? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial-free, free-form, free-speech radio, KUCI 88.9 FM. You were in Australia, though. Right? Yes, I was for three yeah. weeks. Three weeks. Did you see a kangaroo down there? Lots of them. I made friends with a kangaroo. Willie. Were they in the wild or were they no, like, no, it was domestic. come on down and see the kangaroo? We were in there. Yapoon. It was a little resort and there yeah. was a, a kangaroo named Willie. And he was just hanging out at he the was, resort the, getting a pulled, suntan? Yeah, when right? we pulled up, to the, the bus would pull up. He was in the wild. Willie, yeah. Willie would hop over and okay. say hi. And it we wasn't like friends. the mascot or anything. No, it no. Was he was just hopping around. He was hopping around. Willie. Yeah. Willie. The, I have pictures of me communing. Getting With to Willie. know Willie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. yeah. Willie the kangaroo. I started mimicking him, right? I started hopping with him. Yeah. And he started following me around, hopping behind me. I think he wow. had something else in mind, but he was hopping behind me. Oh, he probably was just yeah, yeah, having was, fun. We had know? a great time. 
great time together. Did a lot of people do that? With, yeah, with, yeah, you, actually. They'd hop around with No, kangaroos? no, I was doing it, and the bus pulls up, and a whole horde of people got off the bus. And they started feeding you peanuts. And the, Yes. Yeah. And the, one woman walked over trying to get Willie engaged in some kind of interaction, uh-huh. and Willie was... Willie got mad and started pulling her hair. Literally. Really? Yeah, cause, because I think Willie and I had really bonded. Yeah. And, and he was getting a little jealous of this woman just coming right over. So yeah. he went right for, he tried, yeah. he didn't try to eat her face, but he started pulling That's her. That's a kangaroo, yeah, like, started, not a monkey. Oh, okay. I said no. that. So, but he started pulling her hair and she ran off. Well, I don't blame her. Yeah. But what I was saying, though, is like if a lot of people got together and jumped up and down with a kangaroo, would, they, would that I'm encourage not sure. the kangaroo? I, I, I don't know. I, probably. Yes. Yeah. To your question, yes, they yeah. probably, because Willie, Willie liked mimicking, apparently, because he did with me. Nice. Yeah, yeah very it's nice. A very touching story. It is. From Los Angeles Times Editorial Board. For most of the last half century, California has banned the sale of any item made from kangaroos, Mm. which are killed in mass slaughters for commerce each year in Australia. I guess we think they're cute, but we don't mind killing cows. Yeah, the Aussies hate them. They do? Because they're driving down the road. They're everywhere. They're just everywhere. And, and that's hopping. a reason for hate? Well, then they hop into the road. And what they, about the Aussies? They're everywhere. Well, not as much as the kangaroos. I think really? Actually, There's more kangaroos I than Aussies? I shouldn't say that. I don't know that to be true. Yeah. But if you talk to an Australian about it, the fact is they run across or hop across the road, causing a lot of accidents in the middle of the outback. They're just driving along and all Well, make a good place for them to cross, Well, I, I agree sakes. with you. I agree with you. But they don't yeah. like them so much. Oh, enforcement of the California law to ban uh, K leather. Okay, yeah. kangaroos. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was suspended in 2007 at the urging of the Australian government and companies that sell products made from kangaroo skins. Yeah. But the ban resumed in 2016 and has been in effect ever since. Yet that didn't completely stop the sale of kangaroo leather soccer cleats in California, which is considered the largest market for soccer shoes in the world. Cleats made of the so-called K-leather are sought after for their lightweight and strength, and dozens of California stores have continued selling them in their shops as well as online. Demand from consumers and lack of enforcement by the state have made it relatively easy for stores to ignore the ban. The Center for Humane Economy, the Center for a Humane Economy, released a report in 2020 indicating that 85 out of 124 independent soccer retail stores were selling kangaroo skin shoes. 85 out of 124. That's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah, and these are banned in California. The skin is. California consumers can do their part to make sure this law is observed. Don't buy the shoes. Yeah. There are plenty of quality soccer shoes and material that doesn't require killing kangaroos. Or for that matter, forget the kangaroos. You can get some uh, vegan soccer shoes if you like. There's plenty of those out there, too. In fact, Nike makes some, and I'm sure... The major retail, you know, the major manufacturers of soccer shoes do too, other than the Nike. Uh, so Nathan, go. Nathan, I answered my question about how many kangaroos there are in Australia. There are forty-two point eight million. Uh huh. It's down from fifty-three point two just uh-huh. a few years 42.8 ago. Forty-two point eight million. How many people are there in Australia? And in terms of people, there are twenty-five 
million, let's see, 25 million, 766. So there are twice as many kangaroos Just as there are people. That's right. But they're going in the outback. That's right. Yeah. And Australia is almost the size of the United States. So yeah. they got a lot of room to roam. Yeah. Come on, Australians. Come on. Come on, guys. Jeez. Get your act together. Uh, in more news from the deep southern hemisphere, from the New York Times. Africa's close-knit conservation community has been reeling since Anton Mazimba was gunned down in front of his family at home on July 26. Mm -hmm. His wife was also shot, but she survived. Mazimba, 42, was the head ranger at Timbavadi Private Nature Reserve, a 206-square-mile protected area in South Africa, home to elephants, rhinoceroses, lions, leopards, and cheetahs. <sighs> the slaying has stoked concerns that criminal syndicates may be growing more brazen and violent in their efforts to secure illegal wildlife products. Mazimbao had been named Field Ranger of the Year and is the protagonist of an upcoming documentary film, Rhino Man. So he's the one that's protecting the rhinos in this film. He had received multiple death threats. You can help with wildlife support at the uh, Anton Mazimba Education Trust at globalconservationcorps.org. That's spelled the way you'd imagine, globalconservationcorps.org. And his name is Anton, A-N-T-O-N, Mazimba, M-Z-I-M-B-A. Very good. Hey. Very, very good. From Euronews, Freya, a 1,300-pound walrus who spent the summer lolling about on boats and basking on piers in Oslo Fjord, delighting many locals, Yes, was killed by Norwegian authorities who say she was a threat to human safety. And why would that be, Nathan? Because... Like you with the kangaroo, yeah. people would go up to Freya, yeah, Freya and play around with her. And, of course, Freya weighs more than the kangaroo. A lot more. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. You know, people just can't leave them alone. And the authorities were begging people to don't mess with the walrus. Stay away. Yeah. But they couldn't help themselves. Norway's fisheries directorate said the decision to euthanize Freya came after the public ignored repeated warnings to keep their distance from her. Right. The young female walrus has been described as Oslo's hot summer girl. I guess they took a real liking to her. Sure. And having fun with her. And But didn't Freya engage in some destructive behavior as well? Not that I know of. Oh. I th okay. I mean, maybe she rolled over on something, but, you yeah. know. I, and... uh, okay. So they euthanized her because she was getting too much attention and... People, they were afraid that she'd Mate, roll might... over on a person okay, or, gotcha. you know, do something that was yeah. amiss. How many people do you know like that? I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to answer that question, Nathan. Yeah, I, I mean, I, should we euthanize those people? I'm not going to say anything about that. But... I would suggest an ex-president, but then again... yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, just a suggestion, not yeah. a not a command. Uh, by by the way, just in keeping with what I thought, because that's what matters now. In the Newport Bay, are you aware of what happens in Newport Bay with large sea mammals? I don't care because I wish Newport Bay didn't exist. Okay. Well, you yeah. this might bring you some joy. This story I'm about to tell you. Well, they probably uh, destroyed some boats, some seals. Uh, S seals, yeah. Uh, they jump into the boats that are moored out into the bay, uh -huh. uh, and they gather in such uh, 
gathering in some in numbers, they sink these boats. Uh -huh. They've been doing this for a long time. They just they pile into a boat uh -huh. and sink it and move on. Yeah, so I say bring more seals. I'd say bring if you could have brought uh -huh. of, you know Freda or whatever yeah, over here. It'd been awesome. Like just what we need in our uh, just beautiful coastline are uh, fiberglass pieces of shit. Yeah. By the way, so you and Lovey or yeah, lead. Yeah. Yeah. Boats. You and Lovey pull up to to the to the dock, and you're you're ready to walk out to get into your glass piece. Of, I get the picture. Yeah. yeah. And you look out, and and Lovey says, "Honey, I thought the boat was right there." Now I'm so glad you recreated this story for me, Mike, because I was having problem yeah, imagining I mean, just, you know, seals some guy in a, in a sailor yeah. hat, you know, and the one the decision to euthanize yeah. Freya caused an immediate backlash. Questions were raised about why authorities didn't attempt to move the walrus to a safer area. Moving Freya was considered with the help of experts at the Norwegian Institute of Marine Research, but it was concluded that the complexity of the operation meant that this was not a viable option. That's what they said. Uh -huh. Transporting animals carries big risks. And I understand that. Yeah. That's what they were going to do. Yeah. They can't control the people, so they euthanize animals. That's, I guess, the policy these days. I guess that says a lot about why we're, we are where we are in terms of the human race. Yeah. 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 It's the same way with coyotes around here. Yeah. Yeah. People, I, you know, I understand that coyotes are getting more aggressive, but that's because people will leave food out. For stray cats and dogs and whatever. Yeah. And what's a coyote supposed to do? Yeah. Or they leave their trash out with a lid not on it. Yeah. And a coyote's getting hungry. Yeah. <sighs> and carrying off Fluffy. But we talked about this a couple weeks ago. A uh, beluga whale trapped in the Seine River yeah. near Weetha Paris was euthanized. Yeah. That one that they were trying to save. Yeah. Rescuers attempting to get the 13-foot mammal back to the coast realized she was too weak to survive, despite uh, the assistance of 80 staff, including divers, scientists, and police. Now, this is something different because uh, we don't even know why the beluga whale was up the sand. It's usually in Arctic waters, its natural habitat, and why this 1,700-pound creature was swimming up the Seine River to Paris, no one knows. Are belugas the whales that look a little bit like dolphins? Are those the ones that have the a sort of a B round... beluga in the deep blue sea. Okay. And, uh, it has a, a, a little tail, uh -huh. like a dolphin. Yeah. And it's kind of that grayish cover color. Uh -huh. Maybe a little tad of blue in there. And has a sweet beluga face. Yeah. That's maybe. what it is. Maybe that there it is. Yeah, just what I thought. Just they, it's kind of more of a flipper looking. Yeah, it's a baby beluga. It's a baby beluga. They're beautiful. Mm -hmm. If you could just see what I see. Shut up. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us on the web at KUCI.org, on Facebook at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9, on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, and on Twitter and Instagram at KUCIFM. <laughs> yeah, mother. Mm -hmm. I agree. He's an idiot. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? There's my new screensaver right there. Right there. Here's the deal about radio. Oh, is that? Oh, yeah. People can't We're... see what you're seeing. Yeah, right there. Yeah. That's it. People, yeah, exactly. Can you see what I'm right there? Yeah, that's the beauty of radio is that you can create. I'm painting a picture. With... No, you're not. 
You're saying, I, look at that. Look at That's that. not painting a picture. That's suggesting a picture is there. Yeah. From Mother Jones. The longtime chief financial officer of Donald Trump's company was euthanized after it was determined he was too weak to survive his Riker Island prison sentence. Yeah. Uh, if only. Yeah. If only. That's not right. It ain't right. No. Yeah. I shouldn't have said that. But I think it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You euthanized for every walrus, one uh, tax violator. Tax violator working yeah. with Trump. Yep. Alan Weisselberg has been with time chief financial officer of Donald Trump's company pleaded guilty to 15 felony charges relating to a tax fraud scheme he carried out in his role at the Trump organization. And, you know, the Trump organization was owned by Trump. Yeah. So this is the guy that was working directly for a company owned by Trump. Yeah. He was Uh, hired by Fred, his father, by Donald Trump's father. Yeah. and you know, that's dead. how long he's been around. Yeah. But I'm just saying. And this is the way organized crime works. They're, they're not. They couldn't get him because they don't have. They didn't have any uh, evidence showing that Donald Trump knew what he was doing with the money in tax violation, which you're going to describe for us. But uh-huh. yeah, go. Uh, Alan Weisselberg, 76, who served Trump for decades as a bookkeeper, accountant, and eventually chief financial officer of the Trump Organization, admitted in court that he deliberately manipulated the company books and lied on his tax returns in an effort to hide more than $1.7 million in extra compensation. The extra income came in the form of luxury perks. The Trump Organization paid his rent, leased his car, and even paid for his grandchildren to attend a highfalutin private school in New York City. Although Weisselberg oversaw the financial books of the Trump Organization and his plea plea of guilty acknowledged that he had altered corporate financial records, the whole case still points to Trump. Of course it does. Because of all the money Weisselberg received... Uh, flowed from the closely held network of companies that are almost without exception owned by Trump. The Trump Organization was indicted last summer in tandem with Weisselberg, and prosecutors from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office expect to take the case to trial in October. Weisselberg faces as much as 15 years in prison, or he faced as much as 15 years in prison, But thanks to his guilty plea, he will likely spend no more than 100 days in jail. I don't get that. It was five and months, but I guess they say well, time 15 offered. Years. Yeah. yeah, five months was the sentence, but in Which actuality, days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actuality, it'll play out to 100 days, not 150 days. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. If factoring in good behavior. But he will serve the term in New York's notorious Rikers Island, not a state prison. But I don't get this. If you prove, prove guilty, you go from... 15 years to less than a year? Except part of the agreement was that he's going to have to testify in the upcoming trial. Yeah, that's, regarding, that's worth a lot regarding Trump. And and if he lies about anything in that, that testimony, that plea deal is off and he will end up spending yeah. that, that amount of time that's or close true. to it. But still, I guess will, that's the deal. And he will lie. <laughs> Yeah. Then Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance indicted Weisselberg last summer as part of an ongoing investigation into Trump, presumably hoping to pressure Weisselberg to turn on his bot boss. But the accountant had is, has admittedly refused to squeal. Yeah. Yeah. She. Nobody rats on the king. 
The yeah. king stays a king, see? Yeah. I, I mean, the good news in all of in this and other stories is that the walls are closing in around Donald Trump, and he can't find a good attorney, or he's having trouble finding good attorneys. It's a crime story here. It, it's a Rico. This a, this, I've been saying this for a long time. This He is a walking, talking Rico act Donald violator. Trump is. Donald Trump. Yeah. He's, he, if they if ever talk about the Rico act, they should have a picture of Donald Trump on, on, on screen, because that's what this is. And if you don't know, Rico is the law that was passed a couple of decades ago, essentially allows... DAs and or, and uh, police to go after organized crime operations, right. and that's they. I feel like they're. I do feel like they're getting closer to getting him. Trump, that is. Prosecutor has said that Weisselberg will have to pay more than one point nine million dollars in back taxes, interest, and penalties, and that they will recommend he serve five to fifteen years in prison if he fails to testify truthfully. Like he said, in the course of his guilty plea, Wasselberg agreed that many of his crimes were directly in coordination and cooperation with the Trump organization and its entities. And yeah. fairly damning a fairly damning series of statements that previews the testimony he might offer at trial. Yeah. However, Weisselberg fingered only one other individual at the Trump organization, not Donald Trump. A longtime accountant named Jeff Jeffrey McConney, the fall guy, she the pawn, she, wow. it's the pawn, who testified before a grand jury in the matter and apparently took much of the blame for the tax avoidance scheme. McConney has not been charged with any crime. Well, he's he's rolling over then. Yeah. Yep. He's the one. You can't talk about the Trump organization without at least talking about Ivanka, Eric, Don Jr. and Don. There, that's, that is the Trump organization. There's hardly anyone else in it. So, From the New York Times, a defamation suit by Dominion Voting Systems threatens a huge financial blow to Fox. In the weeks after Trump lost the 2020 election, Fox business host Lou Dobbs claimed to have tremendous evidence. I wonder where he got that word tremendous from, <laughs> say that, that voter fraud was to blame. <laughs> that evidence never emerged, but a new culprit in the supposed scheme to rig the election did, Dominion Voting Systems, <laughs> a maker of elec election technology whose algorithms, Dobbs said, were designed to be inaccurate. Maria Bartiroma, another host on Fox, falsely stated that Nancy Pelosi has an interest in this company. Mm. She doesn't. Janine Pyro, is it Pyro or Pyro? It could be I, either, I think. A Fox News personality, that's her, speculated that technical glitches in Dominion software could have affected thousands of absentee mail-in ballots. Those bogus assertions made day after day, including allegations that Dominion was a front for the communist government in Venezuela. Remember that Hugo one? Chavez, yeah. And Who was dead at the time, by yeah. the way. All this happened. And that its voting machines could switch votes from one candidate to the other are at the center of a libel suit, one of the most extraordinary brought against an American media company. Dominion's $1.6 billion case against Fox has been steadily progressing in Delaware State Court this summer, inching ever closer to trial. There have been no moves from either side toward a settlement. The hurdle Dominion must clear is whether it can persuade a jury to believe that people at Fox knew they were spreading lies. Yeah. Disseminating the big lie isn't enough, said Ron Nell Anderson-Jones, a law professor and First Amendment scholar at the University of Utah. It has to be a knowing lie. I think they, I think Dominion, 
I'm speculating, obviously, but I think they probably do have somebody on the inside. What's crazy is a knowing lie. How many people who are just compulsive liars like this, like Fox News is, say, yeah, I'm lying. The whole part of the lie is to not say you're lying. Right. But one of the techniques that they use, and they use it all the time, they preface Fox everything. News. Fox yeah. News. They preface almost every lie by saying... Some people say it's been said that's how they get away with this. Some people say that Dominion is a communist front for, for rigging well, the election. Well, some people say that Janine Pyro is her name? Yeah. Engages in interspecies sex. <laughs> I, I, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that. <laughs> From our good friend Michael Hiltzik at Los Angeles Times. Keeping the Diablo Canyon nuclear plant open is a dangerous waste of effort and money. The plant's two generating units, which went online in 1985 and 1986, lie on the coast near San Luis Obispo, within 20 miles of four active earthquake faults. The faults were apparently unknown to the plant's owner, Pacific Gas and Electric, which certified during the construction period that no such faults existed within that distance. Unit 2 was built in accordance with flawed blueprints. There have been efforts to close the plant for years, gaining intensity as Pacific Gas and Electric's atrocious safety record came to light. Twice in the last two years, the company has faced criminal charges for its role in igniting wildfires that burned thousands of acres, destroyed hundreds of structures, and caused deaths and injuries. The company pleaded guilty to 84 criminal counts in 2020. With all that in mind, plus the crippling expense of required seismic and environmental upgrades to the plant, Pacific Gas and Electric agreed in 2016 to shut its two units down in, 24, in 2024 and 2025, the original expiration dates of their federal licenses. Despite all that, the Alblo Canyon has suddenly emerged as a centerpiece of Governor Gavin Newsom's plan to maintain the reliability of the state's electric grid in the face of increasing global warming. Newsom's proposal would provide a $1.4 billion forgivable loan to PG&E to cover maintenance costs and the expense of resubmitting the plan for federal licensing. The term forgivable means that the loan would really function as a grant to the nation's largest private utility. The revival of Diablo Canyon would be exempt from state and local environment reviews and coastal regulations. Haven't we been pretty lucky in terms of the earthquake fault not being active? Haven't yeah. we sort of dodged the bullet for yeah. this long? Fukushima. And, and I one just one mitigating thing about this. If the Colorado River and the river and the rivers that feed into our hydroelectric grid are failing us. I understand the need for finding, being ready with electrical sources that we may not be comfortable with. But but I also just read that two-thirds of the electricity that's coming online across the country is renewable. So that wave is coming. I don't know by the time they get this thing up and running whether or not all of this conversation will be in some way irrelevant. Um, well, we could set a precedent here if we don't yeah. allow this to go online right. again. I agree. I agree. Among the most glaring holes in the governor's proposal is the failure to even mention what may be the cheapest replacement resource of all. Energy efficiency and conservation. Amen. Instead of 
always saying, where can we find the energy? Why don't we just realize that we're using the energy on ridiculous things? Right. Californians are old hands at energy efficiency. During the 2000 to 2001 energy crisis, the state reduced energy consumption by 4,800 megawatts, the equivalent of more than two Diablo Canyons. So that's the story right there. From The Guardian, researchers discovered a new method for decomposing some PFAS compounds. PFAS, or pur and polyfluoroalkyl substances, are called forever chemicals because they do not naturally break down. Man-made processes that attempt to destroy them are expensive, energy-intensive, and have yielded questionable results. Because PFAS don't degrade, they steadily cycle through and accumulate in the environment, and the toxic chemicals are now contaminating drinking water supplies for over 200 million Americans and are estimated to be in 98% of Americans' blood. New research has also found them in alarming levels in some food and the air. PFAS are used to make thousands of consumer products, paper packaging like microwave popcorn bags and takeout packaging, including wrappers, bags, and containers, stain-resistant carpets, rugs, and furniture, nonstick cookware, for example, uh-huh. just a few, and are linked to serious health issues like cancer, birth defects, liver, and kidney problems, decreased immunity, and high cholesterol. But now... Researchers have outlined a new low-temperature process that defluorinates the compounds with a mixture of water and the dipolar aprotic solvent dimethyl sulfoxide, or DMSO, leaving carbon and inorganic fluoride, two relatively harmless substances. In contrast to other methods used to attempt to destroy PFAS, this approach requires low levels of energy. The findings, however, are preliminary, and the method is far from being ready to be scaled up and applied on a commercial level. Yeah. And given this method, the PFAS chemicals would first have to be removed from contaminated water using reverse osmosis, granular activated carbon or other filtration. Once the chemicals are concentrated in wastewater, the new method could be used to treat them. So it's something promising, and we're working toward a solution. Decades worth of those chemicals have been poured into our environment. And now it's time yes. for our weekly signals, ethical news quandary of the week. I love that theme music. That is really inspiring. Yeah. From Fortune magazine, the Seattle CEO who rose to national prominence for setting a minimum $70,000 salary for all his employees and slashing slashing his own salary to match it, has resigned from the company he founded in college amid accusations of misdemeanor assault. Dan Price said that he was stepping down from Gravity Payments, a credit card processing firm, to dedicate more time to fighting false allegations. Earlier this year, he was accused of attempting to kiss a woman against her will. So this is what it's about, the guy who... Uh, rose the salaries of people by $30,000 each and cut his own, is now accused of attempting to kiss a woman against her will. My number one priority is for our employees to work for the best company in the world, but my presence has become a distraction here, he wrote in an email to the staff. I also need to step aside from these duties to focus full-time 
on fighting false allegations made against me, adding, I'm not going anywhere. A frequent critic of corporate executives and the vast pay gap between them and their workers, Price won national acclaim in 2015 after announcing he would raise every employee's salary to at least $70,000. At that time, his 120 employees were paid an average of $48,000 a year. He also reduced his own $1 million compensation to $70,000, taking a more than 90% pay cut. The minimum pay for workers at Gravity Payments is now $80,000, and the company has never laid off a single employee in its 18-year history. Meanwhile, a 2019 analysis by researchers at Economic Policy Institute found that compensation for top executives over the past four decades rose almost 1,000% after adjusting for inflation. The minimum wage at the federal level has remained unchanged since 2009, $7.25 an hour. That's still the federal minimum yeah, wage. Although some done. state governments have taken the lead on raising the floor to upwards of 15. Yeah, California at 15 for a, yeah. for a company of uh, 50 or less, and 14 for a company of 25 or less. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. The or less doesn't, but. Yeah. And finally, from United Press International. Authorities in Italy find two tourists for surfing along the famed Grand Canal in Venice. A stunt that upset the city's mayor quite a bit. Okay. The dudes used e-foils. <laughs> Electric surfboards raised out of the water on hydrofoils. <laughs> The two boards, worth around $25,000, were confiscated for not being insured, while each surfer was fined $1,500 for having endangered the navigation of the canal. They were also hit with an antisocial behavior order and expelled from the city. The city also instructed lawyers to start proceedings against the pair for damaging the image of Venice. Surfing and swimming have long been banned in the canal, which is a major tourist attraction and an important means of transportation for those who live in Venice. In one video of the stunt, the surfers pass under the Academia Bridge. One falls from the board. However, he made sure to keep his cell phone out of the water to keep filming. Venice Mayor Luigi Brunaro called the two surfers two overbearing imbeciles. <laughs> You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review Podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.